Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Jim Parsons here from NHLTradeTalk.com, TheHockeyRaiders.com, and soon to be launching right away, TradeTalkSports.com, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. We're going to cover a ton of different topics, but we're sticking with hockey today. Brooke Laferno is with me. As always, Brooke, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Happy New Year. Uh, We have not had a chance to talk or do a show since kind of the holidays and 2023 kicked in. So hope your holidays was good and your new year was a lot of fun. And, you know, we're getting right back down to the grind of things. Oh, yes, it was great. But I'm happy to be back in the swing of hockey. So much going on. Sometimes the break is good. And sometimes the break when you're too relaxed, I got a cold because I was just sitting around doing nothing. So (laughs) I like being busy. I like working. I like writing. I like uh, talking and stuff. And so when you get too, too lazy, I think I wind up getting sick. So I just got to be active all the time. So if I sound funny, that's because I'm congested and have a cold, but I'll do my best to get through this. We're going to be talking Connor Bedard today. We got together. Uh, just a little bit before we went on air here and said, what are we going to talk about? And the natural reaction was, well, let's talk about Connor Bedard because the world junior Canadian team won the gold medal. Uh, he was the story of the tournament. Nobody else in this thing even came close to producing what he produced as a player for team Canada. Uh, he was easily the MVP of the entire tournament of the team. Uh, lots to talk about now with Connor Bedard because what comes next, right? You know, mm-hmm. as you have a tournament like this and shatter all sorts of Canadian records, there's going to be a lot of teams kind of looking at you going, man, we wanted this kid anyway. Now we really want this kid. So the tank or the fall hard or tank hard for Bedard or whatever you want to call it is probably officially on in the NHL. Now there's going to be a lot of teams looking at the basement and going, okay, how do we get there? Uh, it doesn't guarantee if you're in last place and your team happens to be sitting in that spot right now. But uh, it does give you better odds of winning Connor Bedard as part of the lottery and potentially drafting him first overall in 2023. So let's talk a little bit first about Connor Bedard's tournament, what you saw, what you witnessed, what you thought of as you were watching him do what he did, which is you know, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Oh, sorry, did you? No, no, I was just gonna say, what'd you think? Go ahead and give me your reaction. Um. Do you know what? Like I said, I'm American, so I was going for Team USA, but I was specifically watching him during the uh, when Canada was facing the U.S. And I do think that specifically Team USA had a plan or a game plan that was surrounded around stopping Bedard. And for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job. He was kind of quiet a little bit during um, that game, but still pretty freaking good. I noticed that Something I might be kind of biased a little bit, but when I was watching him, I kept thinking he reminded me so much of Patrick Kane. And it wasn't just because of that heartbreaker goal celebration thing that he was doing. He just, to me, he kind of skates like him a little bit. And he's got like similar playmaking abilities. He's always setting people up. He's always just right there and he makes everyone around him better. So I think he definitely is a very special talent, very fun to watch. And it's hard to believe when you watch him that he's only 17 years old. You would think he was 20 years old and has been doing this for a good long time. So yeah, I, like I said, I'm for team USA, but he is definitely very fun to watch. I'm excited to see what he'll do at the pro level. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be interesting when like I'm Canadian, you're American. We watch him from different perspectives, right? When you watch, but already drives you crazy because he's killing your team and every other team. Although Canada didn't start off so well, mm-hmm. they, their first game against the checks, they lost. Um, but they played really well after that. And he sort of started picking it up and uh, was really good. But if you're watching as a Canadian, you're just like, holy moly, this kid's something else, right? It's he's floating your team in terms of, I don't know what the actual number was. Like 
how many points he was in on percentage wise for all of what Canada scored. But I want to say it was somewhere in the 65% range or something like he was ridiculous in terms of the overall production that he contributed to when Canada was scored. That's got to drive you crazy as a U.S. fan or any other team fan, but it's great if you're a Canadian and you're watching the team and you're just hoping. Um, I don't know if it says anything about the rest of the roster. Dylan mm-hmm. Gunther was really good. He was an Arizona Coyotes property. Uh, I thought he was excellent. Shane Wright had a pretty good tournament, but he's going back mm-hmm. to the OHL now. So, But Connor Bernard, it's just something else. I think you're right, though. He is a lot like Patrick Kane. He's kind of got that. He's not really going to wow you with his speed. He's not mm-hmm. all that big. Uh, he just has this ability to get open and get around you and do stuff. Then all of a sudden he's just boom, boom, he's gone. And he makes a play out of nothing. Uh, he just was dangerous all the time. There was not a shift that he wasn't on the ice where you were like, you didn't notice him. Like, that's just the kind of player that he is. So what do you think happens now? You know, this is a, a kid who could technically go back and play another year. I can't imagine that any team that drafts him is going to loan him back to team Canada, not like the Shane Wright situation this Mm -hmm. year. Um, I don't see that happening, but what let's talk about the teams that might be in on this. Let's start with you in Chicago. Uh, They're 32nd out of 32 teams right now. A lot of talk in Chicago about moving pieces out and probably Mm -hmm. getting as many picks as possible. And a first rounder is going to be part of that conversation. Assuming Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are willing to go you can expect uh, maybe not for Taves, but all it could be uh, first mm-hmm. round pick for one or both of those guys. Um, how much does Chicago look at this now and go, we got to do whatever we can to get as many first round picks as possible and even clump some together to get, you know, move up to number one or whatever the case is like, what are we thinking here? Um, I think right now the Blackhawks are ecstatic because they went into the season hoping that the team was going to be this bad that they would end up in last place and hopefully get that first overall pick, even though we all know that's not guaranteed as much as, you know, you hope it is in that standpoint. But what's funny about the Bedard situation is even before this season, everyone was talking about how great this kid was and he's the kid to watch for sure. But I think a a lot of it was whispers because people knew it, but it wasn't on display. Not a lot of people were actively watching him, but now that the world juniors happened and he had such a great performance, what was it? 22 points in seven yeah, games 23 points in seven games like it was just yeah yeah exactly so uh yeah now that he had that performance and now that everyone has basically seen that and now seen his abilities I think is now making probably their bid um, a little more desperate like I said they came into this wanting to tank the season for sure uh so uh I do think there is some more probably I think they're gonna try to move as much to be continue to be bad but they really don't have to I mean right now they're the only team in the league that doesn't have 10 wins. They're sitting at nine wins on the season. And even Columbus um, is four points ahead of them in the standings. So, you know, they're kind of doing a good job even without doing anything really drastic. So, but yes, I do think that they'll try to continue down this path of trying to be bad. <laughs> well, I, for me, why I talk about Chicago and, and what they might move. We've heard of recent that maybe Max Domi isn't going anywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. I think it was Jeff Merrick reported on Hockey mm-hmm. Night in Canada that Domi really likes it in Chicago and Chicago mm-hmm. kind of likes Domi. But to me, if I'm Chicago and I'm looking at this and you have the ability to move Max Domi and you possibly can pick up a first round pick now, who's given up a first round pick in mm-hmm. this draft for Max Domi, right? Mm-hmm. Like Max Domi's pretty good player, but if you're anywhere near, you know, the lottery you're not doing that you're not taking away your chance at Connor Bedard to get Max Domi right Mm -hmm. 
But if you can get a first round pick for Max Domi, and then you could potentially package that first rounder with something else and then move up in the draft. Why would Chicago not consider that? Right? Like if I've got an opportunity, if I'm Chicago and I've got, got more opportunities at Bedard, I'm taking them no matter who I have to move mm-hmm. out. If I'm another team though, I'm not sure I'm moving out anything close to the top six or seven spots in the first round of this draft, because then you'd take away your, it has to be a major difference maker, which I think is going to really change the the market for a guy like Patrick Kane. I think it could really change the market for somebody like Jonathan Taves and all these pieces out of Chicago. Right. Um, so I'm really curious to see how the Bedard sweepstakes changes the movement in the draft, because I, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that would have considered making some of these buying moves and picking up these rentals that they might not now if they're like, well, who knows? Like nobody's looking at it yet. Cause the season's not even halfway over. Right. If you start to stink and tank and all of a sudden you find yourself in that position outside the playoffs and in the lot, you're just like, man, why would I have given up this pick and a chance for Bedard? Right. What about, uh, what team would you like to see get him? Obviously if we had to take Chicago out of the equation, because we know that you are a fan of the Blackhawks, if it had to be Columbus, Anaheim, Arizona, San Jose, Montreal, Phil, like these are the teams that are down there. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to see him go if you could not take him? And I'm an Oilers fan, as people probably know. Yeah. Uh, I don't imagine the Oilers will be in the lottery <laughs> conversation, but you never know where things have happened. Uh, so if I had to remove myself from Edmonton, who would I take? Who would you pick to take Bedard here in this situation? I was thinking about this because I know a lot of people wouldn't want to see him in Arizona only because of the market, because it's a kind of small market team and he probably wouldn't get the same exposure. And you could probably say the same about Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, that they're kind of a small, smaller market team that doesn't get a ton of exposure. But I think he'd be fun to pair with Johnny Gaudreau for sure. But I guess if we're taking the small market thing out of the equation, maybe Anaheim. I think maybe Anaheim would be a fun place for him to go. Again, smaller market. They're not the LA Kings or anything like that. But like I said, they got a lot of young talent there with Mason McTavish and Trevor Zegras, and that could be a fun environment for sure. So I honestly believe that if the Blackhawks do not get him, I kind of am thinking that Anaheim will get him. So that's just my prediction. I'm not saying that will happen. That's just what I'm predicting. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, for sure, that's probably this list is probably not what people want to see. They don't want to see Bedard in a small market. They want to see him in a place like Montreal or Ottawa or like, but you know, that's not realistic. So, but yeah, we'll see. Well, the NHL, I can guarantee is hoping Montreal or Philly get down there, right? Like those are the two teams. Chicago would be a good one too, but um, there's nobody covered. Like the NHL just doesn't cover the media doesn't care about Columbus and Anaheim and Arizona and San Jose. Like they just don't cover those teams. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't really get them on television and the NHL as bad as they are at marketing their top players, which they are terrible at it, of all the sports leagues in the world, they're probably (laughs) the worst. Uh, They don't want them on a team that doesn't typically get a lot of television coverage, right? They want Montreal or Philly, uh, who fans like to watch anyway, regardless of how crappy or good they are. So Montreal would be an interesting one. I just, I can't imagine how the NHL just wouldn't go gaga over that, right? Like, can you imagine if they wound up in that situation where Bedard went, to Montreal, maybe something else, but uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know where I'd like to see him go. Like I I'm with you with Columbus in the fact that they've got some pieces. If you put Bedard with them, mm-hmm. that would be very, very good. Like when you got Patrick line and you got Johnny Gaudreau on his wings, potentially mm-hmm. that's pretty scary, right? Like that talk about a top line that would just would, would cream you. Anaheim is interesting. 
I, I don't know what the reaction in the NHL would be if you had yeah. like a Zegris and a Bedard doing their thing. It's like a team that's all skill, no grit, no mm-hmm. physicality. And I'm sure the old school uh, folks like the John Tortorellas of the world would absolutely hate it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But a lot of fans in the NHL would love it and it would bring in kind of reminds me of like when the NBA became a three point league and Stephen Curry mm-hmm. just started draining shots from everywhere. The game mm-hmm. just completely changed, right? It was not the old big man NBA anymore. It's now the three-point league. I can imagine that if he goes to a place like Anaheim and those two just start to light it up and do all these things that they would do on YouTube viral videos or in all-star games and stuff, that you would change the NHL. Like it would mm-hmm. literally change the way the league is looking at these players and what becomes really popular among the fan base. And I think that's good for hockey, right? Yes. Like I think that would be very good for the A lot of fans don't like that kind of game. Uh, old school ones would hate it, but it'd be very interesting. Um, I don't know about Arizona. Like, does Bedard help that team, though? Like, not in terms of just on ice product, but in terms of the market. Like, does it grow in popularity to the point where Arizona now becomes a, a team that actually could sustain itself and make a profit and get into it? Like, mm-hmm. does Bedard do that for you? Um, I don't think so. Right now, I don't think they have the team even if they drafted Bedard right the second, if Bedard joined them. I don't think they have the team around him to make that happen. I mean, they have uh, Logan Cooley from Team USA, who is a great talent. That would be fun to see for sure. But two players, like, as you know, is not going to change the trajectory of a team. But I was thinking, though, that Gary Bettman is probably hoping that Arizona lands Bedard. He has been championing to keep them in Arizona the team even though they've lost so much money over the years and the whole stadium thing at Mullet Arena that whole thing so uh, I think he wants that for sure but I think we've seen over the years people kind of forget that Arizona was kind of good a couple years ago when they had Taylor Hall and they had all those pieces and I it still wasn't enough to garner much interest and then they had Phil Kessel for a bit and even that wasn't enough so it seems like they're trying so many different things and interest is just not there. So, and I, and I don't mind the coyotes at all, actually, but it's just more, like you said, it's just hockey for some reason is not, even though Austin Matthews is from there and even Tage Thompson is from Arizona, it's just not for whatever reason, it's just not up and coming. And I don't think Bedard will help that. Okay. Let me, I'm going to throw this out there and it's not probably going to happen, but it'll be fun to see if anybody hears this and then reacts to it. Let's just paint a scenario. Let's paint a picture. What uh, what could happen is Arizona. Maple Leaf fans are going to hate me for this, and that's okay because they don't typically like me anyway because I write a lot about them and I cover the Oilers. But uh, And it's the McDavid versus Austin Matthews conversation mm-hmm. all the time. What if Arizona gets Connor Bedard in the draft? Mm-hmm. They fall, they get the win in the lottery. They already have Logan Cooley, which was the second leading scorer in the tournament, by the way. Mm-hmm. So he was the U.S. version of Bedard. It wasn't even close to Bedard, but... He was really good for U.S. Give it to was... us, Jim. And then Let what if Austin moment. Matthews is a free agent goes to Arizona, which is what people are talking about anyway because he's from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine a team of Austin Matthews, Connor Bedard, and Logan Cooley? What that would that would do? Special. That would yeah. be something else, right? That would all of a sudden take Arizona to a place where even the, the fans who don't talk about the Coyotes would be like, eh, this might be something we want to watch, right? Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine? I can't even... And if you got Bedard and you've got Logan Cooley, Austin Matthews might look at Arizona and go, well, I already wanted to go there anyway. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe, right? Maybe we could do something, the three of us. Like, that would be something else. Like, that would be really, really interesting. That like, would also help recruitment 
for sure. People yeah. know Austin Matthews and know what he's capable of. Of course, everyone would want to play with Austin Matthews or even Connor Bedard. That that would help, I think, recruitment. Well, and they've got a new building coming, right? Yeah. It's not there yet, but it's coming. They already have a fantastic location in terms of where you can choose to live if you yeah. play for Arizona, right? Like their state tax is pretty low. Like there's just a lot of good things that you could get. If you had Matthews, Bedard, and Logan Cooley on that team, like – I don't even know. Now, that's such a big picture, maybe what if scenario that it would be something else. But we've been hearing about Matthews in Arizona for years, cool. right? Yes. Uh, if, if they're in this conversation and you know, uh, Bill Armstrong is doing everything that he can to pick up as many picks as possible. It's probably one of the reasons why he's holding out on Jacob Chipperton so long. He wants to get two first round picks for that guy, mm-hmm. right? Like if he can do it, he just ups his odds. So it'd be really, really something else if that happened. And that's going to lead us into this next conversation, which you wanted to talk about anyway, which was Connor Bernard versus Connor McDavid. You were part of the, uh, the hockey news, hockey writers newsletter, the morning skate, where you guys sort of had this debate about who you would want to build your team around or who you would take right now or who the future is, whether it's Connor McDavid or Connor Bernard. And again, I'm sure people are going to be like, what are you guys talking about? But um, it's going to be a fun conversation to have anyway. We already talked about Matthews versus McDavid. We'd really be talking about it if somehow he went up in Arizona, was playing with Bedard, <laughs> and then you've got this McDavid debate on the other side. So I'll let you go first because you've already sort of had this conversation on the newsletter. Uh, what would you do if the choice was you got to build your team around Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard? Who would you be picking? Okay, so I actually did think about this for a while. And to be honest, there was some days where I said Bedard and some days where I said McDavid. But if I had to choose, I actually still would probably pick McDavid. Um, And don't ask me why, because I still don't really have like a clear answer for that, because obviously Bedard is such a special talent. And I know probably a lot of people are saying, well, McDavid's already proven. So that's an easy answer, right? We already see what he can do. But um, their games, although you could say Bedard and McDavid are kind of similar, I guess, in the ways of production, their games are still a little bit different. Like I said, he reminds me, like I said, more of Patrick Kane than he would a McDavid. McDavid's a lot faster. He's more explosive. He's kind of a more dynamic player, I think, uh, more than Bedard. And that's not a knock on Bedard. I think he's great all on his own. He's fine just the way he is. But so I think I would still pick McDavid. Um but I'm waiting for Bedard to prove me wrong. I'm waiting for him to just break out with a 100-point season and be like, no, this is the guy you would pick all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. But, yeah, I think I would still go McDavid here. And like I said, that's not a knock on Bedard at all. I think he's great. Yeah, well, that's a tough one, and there's just a lot of factors that have to go into this. It depends, like, for me, which team are you? So which perspective are you coming at this from? Are you the Arizona Coyotes or are you the Edmonton Oilers, right? Because the Edmonton Oilers are in a win-now situation where they have about four or five years in this window of winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid has already proven that you can be the best player in the world and your team's still not going to win. Like, mm-hmm. that's happened in Edmonton. Now, the last couple of years, they've been much better and they've started to put pieces around him and he's got Leon Dreisaitl and he's got, you know, other players now starting to come in here. Hyman's playing great. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is doing really well. There's a lot of pieces that still need to be added to Edmonton to probably make them a Stanley Cup contender this season, but they are much closer. Arizona is so far away (laughs) from being in the Stanley Cup conversation. But that said, if you were to move Connor McDavid, there's two things happening here, right? Like, remember when Gretzky was moved to Los Los Angeles Kings and it just changed the face of American hockey? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would happen if you move McDavid over to Arizona. It might. Like it could yeah. literally like people could just flood to Arizona to watch him play. Um, or 
the better situation in Arizona might be, okay, we'll get the newest, youngest name, the next potentially, Connor McDavid. And then, of course, that brings up the debate, will Bedard ever be as good as Connor McDavid? Um, but is that better for you if you're Arizona, right? Like, do you want the young guy with all this high ceiling and potential and then you can start to build around him and you grow with him like you do with the Oilers are doing with McDavid and you've got him for four or five years and then you get Bedard in there as a young player and fans start to watch him progress. They start to see, okay, he's really good already. What happens in three or four years when he becomes the player that we think he will be? And then what happens when we start to add those pieces around him, you know, the Logan Cooley or other people who can now all of a sudden be like, okay, this team's really good. Right. I don't know what's better for Arizona. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't know if you could trade all your pieces for Connor McDavid and get him in there now, would it help your market now? Or if you could get Bedard in there without having to spend anything and build your team up for the next three or four years and have it grow and sustain itself as a team to watch in the future. I don't know what's better for Arizona. Like, it's really hard. Like, as a player right now on your team to help you win, it's McDavid all day long. Uh-huh. Right. Because Bedard's not going to be, if he's going to be good, but he won't be a factor um in the next two or three years to helping a team win anything like if he goes to arizona arizona will still suck for two or three years like that's just the reality of it if you put mcdavid on that team they'll be better for sure there'll be people want to go play with mcdavid for sure because that's happened in edmonton already i just don't know like if i'm arizona what would i'd rather have give up nothing get bedard grow or give up a lot get mcdavid and have people flood to your arena right away like I'm just not really sure. But if I'm trying to win and I'm the Oilers, for example, I'm not trading McDavid for Bedard right now. Like I would keep McDavid and I would do what I can to win with McDavid. Um, Like, I don't know that there's a package you could, but like, let's say Chicago, I don't know, any of these teams, Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus, Arizona, if they win the Bedard sweepstakes and then they come to Edmonton and say, well, we'll trade you Bedard and this, this, and this for McDavid. I'm not sure if I'm the Oilers, I'd do it. Like, I don't know. It's a lot of, but you're right. The money's huge, right? He's 12 and a half million. He's going to be 15, 16 million by the time he gets his next contract. But I don't know. I'm not sure what I would do. That's a tough one. Like McDavid today, but depends on where your franchise is at. Right. Do you think Bedard will ever be McDavid? Like they talk about him like he's the next McDavid. Mm-hmm. Can he ever be that good? I know. And like I said, that's hard because it is a gamble. Like you say, you can watch someone at the world juniors and think they'll be explosive, but the NHL and the World Juniors is a completely different game, right? But he has been producing at a pretty steady pace no matter where he's been. Um, so I don't think he will be McDavid. Let's put that out there. But I'm saying that in a way that McDavid is McDavid. I don't think anyone is McDavid at this point. But I think he'll be pretty good, though. I think he'll be pretty close, but he won't be McDavid, if that makes sense. Like I said, they're both different players. They both seem to have different strengths in their game. So, yeah, I think he'll be a franchise-altering player. Let's put it that way, like McDavid, yeah. but I don't think he'll be McDavid. <laughs> yeah, the size and the speed scares me a little, right? Yes. Because, yes, the NHL is a much smaller league than it used to be. But if you start to watch these players who really set themselves apart as the dynamic faces of the NHL, and we're learning about this with Tage Thompson right now, big, mm-hmm. strong, fast dude that's learned how to use all those skills, and he's got 30 goals already this season, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be the next top three player in the NHL for the five next five seasons. I don't know if that's what he's going to become or if this is just a thing that he's doing and he's, he's arrived and he'll stay there. I don't know, but McDavid is so fast and so skilled in a league that has become that, that Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Right. I think the league would have to change again for Bedard to really become as good as McDavid 
you know, when you're respectively looking at their generations, right? And it's almost mm-hmm. a generation at this point. I mean, Dana's yeah. been in the league, what, seven, eight, almost yeah, seven years, something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't think he's McDavid either. I don't think he'll ever produce what McDavid is producing and coming close to breaking records like McDavid is starting to do. Um, but, yeah, it'll be That's interesting to thing. see if he lives up to this. Yeah, that is the thing for sure. The thing like we talked about is there is maybe that saying, like you said, that he's slow and that saying Bedard is slow is a slow skater. But the thing that makes McDavid so lethal is that he's fast, but he also has the most accurate shot ever. I've We've seen that Bedard's pretty accurate, too. So maybe that will kind of make up for all of the like criticisms of his game. But yeah, like I said, there's no right or wrong answer here. They're both going to be great players in their own right. So yeah. but like, yeah, but it is. Yeah, it's, it's what McDavid could do at top flight speed. That's what gets you like there. I believe there are probably faster players in the NHL now, like mm-hmm. if sprint or all-star competitions or whatever. I think there are probably people who are faster than McDavid. Now mm-hmm. that said, being able to do what McDavid can do at that top flight speed, nobody comes close. Like there's mm-hmm. nobody even close. And Tage Thompson is getting to the point where you're just like amazing what he can do while that puck is on his stick. Um, and there's not a lot of people in the NHL like that, but Dard has got some, you know, crazy moves and Zegris has got unreal skill that you would watch on YouTube all day long. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting to see how will you build your team around a guy like Connor Bedard, right? Do you need to get somebody who's bigger with him on the same line, faster with him? Does it change the way that your team is built? Mm-hmm. The Oilers completely changed the way their team is built. They're all yeah. speed now, mm-hmm. right? Trying to just get players that can keep up with McDavid. Right? <laughs> that's That's the trick. So yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to see what happens here. If you have to make a prediction, though, who gets them? And you can now include your own team in here. So if you want to include the Chicago Black, who is your prediction? Early, not so bold, whatever you want to say. Who gets Connor Bedard here uh, in the draft? I can't even be biased here with the Blackhawks because, to be honest, I feel like this is going to come back to bite them because you're. it seems like they're trying so hard to get that first pick that I feel like it's too good to be true that it's going to not fall in their favor and they might get the second pick. But I'm going to stick with my early prediction and say Anaheim. For some reason, Anaheim, they have been doing a little bit better lately, but I don't, I just don't think they're very good, um, unfortunately. So I'm going to stick with them and say Anaheim's going to get them. Or yeah. going to get Bedard. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with Chicago uh, just simply because I think that they're, they're just not good, right? They're just, <laughs> no. and the lottery often screws over the teams who try the hardest to be not good. And I wouldn't say Chicago is trying to suck. They just don't have the pieces. And by the time the trade deadline rolls around, they will not have any of those pieces. I don't think, I mean, mm-hmm. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves could just decide, you know what? We're not leaving. Um, but if that does happen and they say, yeah, I want a chance to win. Yeah, go ahead and move me. We're both free agents. We'll do what we got to do. Thank you for the time here. Blah, blah, blah. Chicago will be terrible. Like, it's just not by any stretch of like, we've intentionally diving for Connor. They're just bad. They just don't have a good team. And that usually is rewarded in the draft. Now, I know it's a numbers thing and percentages wise, but it just seems like the teams that you're right, the teams that purposely tank to get there don't often win. But the teams mm-hmm. that just suck because they're just not a good team uh, tend to do all right. So I, I would say Chicago is probably going to win this draft. Um, I'll be very curious to see if it changes what Patrick Kane or Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves think about their future. If Bedard is there, like do one of those or both of those players go, well, you know what? I don't got a lot of time left, but man, this could be a fun two or three years playing with that kid. Um, mm-hmm. Does it make them not want to go? Like, 
I think it'll be a really interesting story to watch. So I'm very curious. Yeah. We'll see how much yeah. talk happens around Bedard here going forward. He certainly set up the conversation with his tournament at the World Junior Tournament, uh, or his, his play at the World Junior Tournament. So he's deserving all of the attention that he's getting. And by the way, how much did you like? Did you see the interview after the, the game when they said they were trying to ask him about himself? He's like, I'm not talking about myself right now. Mm-hmm. Smart, right? Absolutely yes. smart play. Don't talk about me. This isn't about me. This is about my team. We just won. Like, he's already got the training. He knows exactly what to say and when to say it. So it'll be really cool. Yeah, he'll likely be a future captain one day. Yeah. And if he's in Arizona, it won't take long. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, exactly. Or maybe yeah. in Chicago, it wouldn't take that long, I guess, maybe. Yeah. If if Jonathan Taze decides to leave. Yeah, well, we'll see. I really am curious to see how these these players will look at it and see what they do. Brooke, thank you. I appreciate it. This was a fun one for our first one back in 2023. We kicked off the year with a good show. Um, We're going to come back, though. We're going to have some conversations about goaltenders. We're going to have some conversations about some of these teams that are starting to struggle a little bit as the deadline rolls around. Because right now, it's January 7th. We are two months away from the trade deadline. So (laughs) it's coming quick, and we'll see what happens. Uh, For everybody else, it's been another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Check out NHLTradeTalk.com. Check out Brooks' work at thehockeyraiders.com and nhltradetalk.com as mine as well. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you in the next one. <laughs>